Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? Let's pray. God, we confess that you are the Almighty. You are the God who created a universe. You are the God who is currently upholding a universe. You are the God who parted the Red Sea. You're the God who raised the dead. And you're the God who raised us from the dead. Help us to know a little bit more the immeasurable greatness of your power. Help us to know that power, to trust that power, and to proclaim that power. God, I pray that you would bless us with wisdom and insight as we study your word here in this moment together. And I pray that you would use your word and your spirit to make us more like Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Welcome to Bible Lab, my friends, the podcast where we explore major themes from every book of the Bible in order to see how every page points us to Jesus, who he is, and what he's done. I'm your host, Andy Wood. Thanks for joining me. So we are studying the book of Ephesians, looking at some major themes that Paul develops and traces through at this entire book. And our sixth theme for our consideration from this book is Paul in Ephesians deeply desire to know God better. Now, one of the things that's undeniable as you read through the Pauline epistles is that Paul's goal in life was intimacy with God. He wanted to know God. He wanted to be with God. And he wished the same for the Ephesians. He prays for them in Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Now, before I go any further, can I just kind of step aside from this podcast for a moment and just talk about prayer uh, we oftentimes don't pray because we don't know what to pray. And I would heartily commend to you, read through the New Testament. Every time that Jesus or one of the apostles writes something that they pray, like Jesus in John 17, he prays for our unity. And then Paul here, he's praying that God would give the Ephesian church the spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of him. Every time you see that, write it down. And when you're praying for friends and family, for your children, for your spouse, pray these things for them. If Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, thought it good to pray for the Ephesian church, that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, don't you think that's what your wife needs? Don't you think that's what your pastor needs? That's what I need. And I would love for you to pray that for me. So pray the prayers that scripture gives us. Soapbox over, let's jump back in to theme number six, knowing God better. So knowing God better can just be this very vague, abstract, very spiritual sounding phrase. But what does that mean? And in Ephesians, Paul gives us sort of some guidelines about what it means to know God better. First, Paul says knowing God better means knowing his power. Two different times in this letter, Paul asks for them to know God's power. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20 he wants them to know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And then Ephesians 3.16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And Paul understands that if they experience this power of God, then they're going to believe something really important. They're going to believe Ephesians 3.20. When Paul prays and says, sort of as he's wrapping up his prayer, he says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Friends, if you don't know God's power, you don't 
know God. It's almost the very first thing the Bible tells us about God is his infinite power, that God speaks and a universe springs into existence. Over and over again throughout the Old Testament, God wants his people to know, I made the world. I'm sovereign over the world. I send earthquakes. I send disasters. I heal. I kill. I make alive. I tear down enemies. I tear down strongholds. I have power. I have all power. And God wants you to not only intellectually acknowledge that, yes, God has power. That's right. He wants you to live in dependence on that power. He wants you to put yourself in positions where if God's power doesn't come through for you, you're sunk. He wants you to live in a deep reliance on God's power. And as you do, you will know God better and better. So knowing God better means knowing his power and knowing God better means knowing Christ's love. Now, because of the cross, every Christian has some concept of Christ's love. We understand to some extent that yes, Jesus loves us. It's one of the very first songs we learn as a child. Ephesians 5, 2 and 25, here's what Paul says about knowing Christ's love. He says, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. And then verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So we all have some point of reference when it comes to the love of Christ for his people. But Paul wants their knowledge and he wants our knowledge to go even deeper. Another thing that Paul prays in Ephesians 3.18, he prays that the Ephesian church may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of God in Christ. He wants you to know Christ's love. He wants you to understand two things. He wants you to understand, one, just how holy he is, and two, just how sinful you are. And as your appreciation of those two realities grow, you're going to understand that the gap that Christ's love has to bridge is nearly infinite. To go from our unworthiness to God's holiness, to bring us to God, to reconcile us to God, we need an infinite love. And that is the kind of love that Christ has for us. I said that if you don't know God's power, then you can hardly say to know God. And the same is true of God's love. If you don't know that God loves you, if you don't really believe that you're loved perfectly and infinitely and eternally, then how can you say that you know God who is himself love? Knowing God better means knowing his power. Knowing God better means knowing Christ's love. And knowing God better means imitating. It means living out God's character. Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of God as beloved children. Now, this is how we draw all of this together. So we deepen our understanding of God's love by living a life of love. So think about loving someone who isn't kind to you. That's an imitation of God. God loves his enemies and and we're to love our enemies. And as you love a person who isn't kind to you, may God grant you the grace to understand that you are only getting one one trillionth of a trillionth of one trillionth of an idea of what it meant for God to love you. Whatever that person has done to you, it is nothing compared to what you have done to God. And God loves you freely, chooses to love his enemies. And as we live a life of love like that, our appreciation, our wonder, our awe, our gratitude at the love of God for us will only grow deeper.
And we deepen our understanding of God's power by drawing from that power. Like I said, if you are living your life in a way where you don't need, as far as you can understand, you don't need God to come through for you, then you're never going to grow in your understanding of God's power. And this is so hard for us in 21st century America. We have the internet. We've, we've got smartphones. We've got cars. We've got air conditioning and retirement accounts and insurance and families who can support us and friends who can take care of us. And there's just a lot of our life where if we're being honest, we don't really count on God for a lot of our life. And Christ would call us out, call us out of the boat to walk in a way where if God does not come through, you're sunk. And that's how we deepen our understanding of God's power. Now, much of the ethical teaching that Paul gives us in Ephesians is simply pointing at God and things that God does and saying, do that do that. So he kind of sums up, you could really sum up the entire Christian life with this metaphor in Ephesians 4, 22 and 24. He says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So what sums up Christian ethics is don't live like you used to before Christ self-centered, self-absorbed, self-righteous, take all that off and put on the character of God. Forgiveness, for example, Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And on and on and on, over and over again, we are pointed to the example of Jesus, God in the flesh. And Paul just points at him and says, that's how you live. And again, here's how we connect this back to what we've been talking about. Friends, you and I can't live like that. I mean, we might do a pretty good Jesus impression for two minutes. Maybe the the stronger among us can make it for an hour. But then our sinful flesh wages war and we so often are defeated. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. We need to know God's power, not so that we can walk across a lake, not so that we can multiply bread for 5,000 people, although if God wanted to, he could but so that we can say no to the desires of the flesh, so that we can forgive our enemies, so that we can be patient with people who frustrate us, so that we can love people who do nothing but wickedness to us. And as we live like that, and as God's power comes through for us over and over and over again, we will grow in our knowledge of God's love, and we will be overwhelmed by just how infinitely perfect God's love is for us. And then we can start to say, I'm beginning to know God. And the good news here, friends, is is because God is infinite and infinitely perfect, we will spend eternity getting to know God more and more and more. And everything that we discover, every new day will bring new joy and new delight and eternity of discovering more about the love of the God who loves us. That's what we have to look forward to. So when we come back together, we'll explore our seventh and final theme, spiritual warfare in the book of Ephesians. But for now, take up and read, my friends. God bless.